the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 37 and my guest is the wonderful Erica Blinn. Erica is a singer, songwriter, and guitar player based in Nashville. Her latest release is called Better Than Gold and it's outstanding. You heard Loving You at the beginning of the show. Absolute banger of a tune. The whole record is fantastic. Go out and check it out and then get down on her other records as well. This was a really cool experience at a time when I really needed it too. Erica was in Florida recently touring with our good friend Hannah Harbour and Hannah's husband and collaborator Thomas Wynn. Thomas has this really cool songwriter series called The Circle. And the concept is that he invites two songwriters to play in the round. A few weeks before the performance, each participant sends the others six songs that they want to cover, and then all three songwriters learn the 18 covers. They then take turns playing them together on the night of the circle. No rehearsals, just the three of them coming together and playing. It is such a cool experience. And then after two sets of those covers, then they each take turns playing their own tunes. Hannah Harbour, Thomas Wynn, and our guest Erica Blinn did all of the aforementioned right after I had the honor of sitting down to record with Erica at Dexter's in Winter Park, Florida. Erica couldn't be more open and honest and real. It was such a great conversation. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. You can find all things Erica at ericablinn.com. Everyone, Erica Blinn.
Orlando. Forward to run with uh, Hannah Harbour, our good friend. Yeah. And uh, you're going to play in the round tonight. And so I really appreciate your time. Um, I want to talk about so many things uh, and start with your most recent record. Okay. Um, so uh, Better Than Gold. Yeah. Um, a lot of great tunes on there. Thank you. I love it. Um, and I was thinking, I was listening to, um, to uh, Dreamer's Heart. Uh-huh. And uh, the lyrics speak to me in a major way. Like right now, I'm kind of going through this um, life transition, right? Where I'm trying to figure out what my next steps in my career are and all this kind of thing. Okay. And that the narrator in that song is like, I don't know if I should have gone. Like, why did I go to college and spend all this time in college? I thought I'd never graduate. And I can't do the like nine to five kind of shit. Yes, right? exactly. Yep. Is how much of that is autobiographical? Oh, it's 100%. Really? Yeah. So can, can you speak to that a little bit? Like, yeah, I think, you know, I wanted, I grew up around music. My dad played, my uncle played. Yeah. Um, and so it was sort of a thing that looked like a real possibility to me at, at a young age. Yeah. And when I was seven years old, I told my dad I wanted to be Linda Ronstadt. Uh huh. And just setting the bar real point, low. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. At some point, uh, like maybe m- between like middle school and somewhere in high school, I started to like feel like that wasn't a possibility anymore. Like, I don't know. I guess I w- was kind of letting other people sort of mm, tell me yeah. like that, you know well, you know, music's fun or a hobby or something, but what are you really going to do? And so then I became kind of obsessed with that because I had no idea what else I wanted to do instead of just embracing what I wanted for real. You know, I wasted a lot of time thinking that I couldn't do that and trying to figure out what I could do. Yeah. But I did have a, um, a teacher in high school Rick Benzman, who taught a class called Whistle While You Work, and it was all about your passion and, you know, finding your passion. And he was the one who was really kind of going, why are you doing all this other, why are you even entertaining other ideas? You know, you should be doing this. And even after high school, I really didn't, I wasn't ready to go to college because I had worked really hard in school, like grade school and high school, to get good grades and stuff. And I was so tired of it. Like, I really didn't enjoy it. I was just doing it because I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. And at one point, I remember my parents saying, you know, if you get good grades, you can get money for college. And, you know, we really need you to get money for college because we don't have it, you know, kind of thing. And so I, you know, like, did really well. And then there really wasn't any kind of money, you know, for college, you know you didn't really get much money for having good grades, you know? Right, right. So it was all kind of this weird thing. But, um, you know, my mom was very insistent that I went to college right out of high school. Like, oh, you can't take a break. If you take a break, you'll never go, and you have to go. Right. So I did it, but I I don't know. It was really hard because I kept, I hated it, and I Mm. kept dropping out, and that's why it took me six years to graduate. Right. Um, Would you, if you had to do over again? Yeah. I mean, because you've got the degree now. Right. Right. And I guess like for all of the frustrations yeah. and for all of the the faults of our 
educational system right. in so many ways. Yeah. You, you at least have that degree. Right. If you had to do it over again, would you have been like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to go chase my dream, my yeah. dreamer's heart for real. Yeah. You would have? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say that because, you know, everything that you experience, you know, all the stuff I experienced in college, I, that's part of who I am right now. And yeah, I'm pretty... I feel pretty good about think, well, things right now. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's hard awesome. to say, like, you know, I shouldn't have done it because I don't know what would, where I'd be right now, what that would look like, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, But, you know, it, I do think that if I would have focused harder on what I'm doing now, maybe I would be further along or, you know, I definitely wouldn't have, you know, almost $20,000 in student loans to pay back that changes everything who knows when i'm gonna get to that yeah it changes everything i mean so. i've got that exact well i've got even more than that actually and yeah. it's it it affects and that's part of why i wanted to talk about this because it impacts my my career decisions now yeah i if i didn't have that debt and maybe this is an excuse and that's maybe why i want to talk it out mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if i didn't have that debt I feel like I would pursue writing and mm-hmm. podcasting full time. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would be able to really dive in to the creative avenues that that nurture me, that are more important to yeah. me than the day to day. But because I'm yoked with that, because I made yeah. that choice, right, right? Then I don't. I'm too scared, right? Because yeah. like, how am I going to pay that? How am I going right. to pay my mortgage? How am I going to do yeah. all of these things? Did you have? Did you end up doing a day job for a little while, or did you just out of college be like? All right, no, I'm chasing. Um, throughout college, I was working. Or, like, when I would be not in school, when I would be on these, like, okay, I'm not going to finish school. I'm done with this. This is stupid. Get a job and then be like, oh, my God, my life sucks. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. And then instead of, like, doing music or something, I would be like, I have to go back to school. Yeah. I don't know why I kept thinking, like, well, I got to go to school and get do something so I can, like, get a better job so I don't have to do this job you know um but I don't know I guess I kind of transitioned I just kept doing music the whole time though like I was playing you know from the time I was 16 I was in a band that was working every weekend oh wow okay you know yeah so then it transitioned to me playing solo gigs that paid decent amount of money you know like yeah. in the corner of some bar or restaurant you know and so it was like you know and I always wanted to quit doing that too like I wanted to just play my my songs with my band and not have to do cover songs and stuff like that right but every time I would try to cut those gigs out it was like man now I don't have any money and like what am I gonna do and now I gotta get a job and like yeah so it's kind of annoying cycle but, yeah um so how'd you break out of that cycle i mean well i did go through a period of time just with the um loan student loan thing yeah. where i was like well i can't pay this for so, like for some reason when i you know six months after you graduate they start to yeah. send you like m- charge you yeah. and um it was like for some reason mine was like 250 dollars a month or something like that yeah and I was like, this is, I can't pay this. So I just wouldn't pay it. Yeah. And then I finally figured out that you can go on there and, um, like do the income based repayment plan or whatever. And so once I figured that out, like that's helped a lot. Um, honestly, I don't make enough money. I haven't paid anything in years because I don't make anything. 
Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> so. but you're following that dreamer's heart. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what did the process look like? So you're making music that whole time. You're working. Yeah. You're going to school. Yeah. How are you carving out time? To were you writing songs at that time? Yeah. You were obviously playing gigs. Yeah. How were you? How did you carve out the time to do the work, the creative work? Mm. It was definitely a lot harder. I feel like it was definitely a lot harder back then trying to do too many things and do that. Um, and I really didn't do as much of it as I'm doing now, mm. you know? So what does that look like now? Um, well, now um, it's pretty much like music's pretty much the only thing I'm doing now. Here and there, I'll, I'll try to like pick up little side jobs and stuff like that. Um, but I don't want to commit to anything. That's the thing is like I try really hard to not put myself in a position that I have to, it's like there can't be a distraction for me. Like there can't be something that I'm doing that's taking away from my creative time, you know? And so like what I've tried to do is live, have all of my expenses be so low that I really don't have to quote unquote work that hard to like pay that stuff you know where I can um then I have all this free time that I don't have to worry about making money I can just worry about making art yeah you know what I mean uh-huh so so does that look like that you you're getting up in the morning you're sitting down to the blank page and you're writing or are you writing when the muse strikes yeah I'm more like I haven't ever really been good at just getting up and writing every day just mm -hmm. as an exercise um, but I'm always thinking about a song, mm. like, you know, whether it's like just listening or watching or like, you know, or something that I've already thought of trying to work through that in my head or whatever it is. But like, I'm always looking for a song really. Yeah. Well, like, uh, with Susie, when I'm with Susie, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I read something about how you talked about how you heard uh, can you tell that story you yeah. heard, heard the line yeah yeah what was that? my uh, I was hanging out with my friend Brian Longlinay who's actually my landlord as well and a really talented musician in Nashville um, he took me out to this bar to see this band play and it was kind of an interesting club because it was like it wasn't really I don't know if it was just not fully open yet or what but they didn't have like a liquor license at the time and so people were bringing their own stuff in it was kind of weird and like so there was these, cause this group of people, and they were drinking. They had um, some tequila that was in a brown paper bag, and they were passing it around and stuff. And I just kind of, like, was walking past them, and I heard one of the people in the group just say, like, hey, when I'm with Susie, I do what I want, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so I kind of, like, thought about it for a second, and then I was like, I got to go, you know? And I went home. And right in that moment? Yeah, I was like, I, I have to go home yeah. right now and, like, figure this out. Yeah. And I figured most of it out that night. And then I was up in Ohio visiting my friend Katie Thompson, and she helped me finish it. So. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and how, so I have a couple questions about that. Yeah. One, how often does that happen where it's like James E. Murtry talks about how all the songs come from a line. He hears a line or he reads right. a line. Yep. And then there's the character. Yeah. The characters all come from the lines. Yeah. Does it work similarly for you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Pretty much every time? Yeah. Really? I mean, that's like, that's what I'm always looking for. Like, yeah. Just in everyday, like, life and conversation and stuff, I'm always just, I'm really just listening 
like for something that sounds cool or like looking for it you know yeah so what and i've i hear those those kinds of stories and i try try to do it too where if i've got an idea i don't i try not to leave it Mm -hmm. because if i leave it it's gone for me right like if i don't if i don't you talked about having them in your head yeah if i don't write it down like physically put pencil to paper it is almost always gone yeah and that shit happens to me in the morning if i'm like hitting the snooze alarm it happens to me a lot where i'm like if i didn't have my notebook by my bed yeah. that, that idea is gone yeah. forget about it yeah but at the same time what you just described is like i guess you're in nashville you're with other artists it's more acceptable <laughs> like, <laughs> just, i feel like that would impact my friendships <laughs> and relationships yeah you're if just i like, was doing hey, that hey bye i gotta go now yeah bye so <laughs> were you and also the other thing that happens to me is that like you're describing like kind of a party setting. Yeah. If I'm partying and I have an idea, first of all, 99% of them are bad. <laughs> if I'm drinking, yeah. <laughs> almost all of my ideas are bad. None of my good stuff comes like at the bottom of a, a bottle. It's yeah. always at the bottom of a cup of coffee. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, the second thing is just like the stick to itness. If yeah. I went home to write that, I probably would just like get distracted by a butterfly or something. <laughs> So, yeah. like, where does that discipline come from for you? Um, the excitement, I think, of it. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's really what, for me, like, when I, when I get kind of on a roll writing, uh-huh. like, I, I'll write a song and then, you know, like, I don't even really care to kind of, I'm not that excited about learning it and playing it out as much as I am, like, writing another song. Oh, wow. Because it's like, that's the... Thing that you're chasing you know the, wow. the like the drug or whatever yeah kind of that's exciting like, that yeah. is exciting i can totally relate to that yeah um how often is it that you so for that song you wrote part of it yourself your yeah. friend katie helped you finish yeah. it right yep how often is it a co-write situation like that um where you bring somebody else in and how often are you doing just doing mm-hmm. it yourself i think most often i'm doing it myself um on the records that I've put out, you know, I've had, it's been about 50-50, I feel like, on, on the records. But, like, um, currently I'm making a new record and awesome. writing for that. And so I'm, so far I'm doing everything myself. Like, I'm actually recording it myself at home on a cassette four-track and playing all the instruments. And I've written all the songs myself so far wow so how how different is that for you i mean is, is that you talked about that excitement yeah if it's all you it's is that so more exciting that's got to be so fun it's so exciting too because i'm writing i'm like waking up with an idea you know and then recording it like that day yeah and kind of figuring it out like as i'm going even sometimes yeah and then getting like these really cool sounds and results and, th- and being like this is amazing yeah you know? like where what was the what was the impetus for that how did you just like that's first of all it takes a lot of courage right right to to do the whole thing yourself so that's awesome (laughs) how at what point were you like all right i'm doing this whole damn thing myself on set four track (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i um my boyfriend brought home 
the four track from his parents' house uh-huh. after Christmas. Uh-huh. And he said, I think that you would really enjoy using this. Maybe you could um, just try making, like doing some recordings at, here at the house and see, you know, it could be fun, yeah. basically. And um, it was funny because it didn't have a power cord. We didn't have a cassette tape. And once we found, tracked those two things down, it still wasn't working. And I found, I like went on Google and found out that a transistor goes bad in them. So uh, I ordered a transistor and put it in. Oh, wow. And it works. And so uh, I started making these recordings and I was like, well, I'm just making demos. And I was like, also, you know, I don't play the drums. Like I don't, you know, but I was like, I can play enough to do like some demos or whatever. Yeah. And so I made like, two or three recordings and I sent them to my boyfriend and to my friend Wade Kofer and I was like hey look what I did today and Wade goes Wade played a lot on the record on Better Than Gold he played like guitar and bass and sang and stuff like that but he responds to my songs and he's like dude you have to put this out you have to put this out wow he was like this is cool he goes i honestly think this is cooler and like it better than anything you've done so far that's so exciting yeah and so then um my boyfriend said the same thing basically and was like you know this is what you need to be doing and i was like yes because i was already feeling that like yeah i was thinking like man i should like this is turning out great like i should just put this out and then to have those two people say that too i was like all right so i'm doing what if they were like i'm not making de- and then i because i kept telling people i'm making demos at home yeah. and then all of a sudden i was like i'm making a record at home <laughs> <laughs> so oh. what if what if they'd both both been like eh, i like the songs yeah right we can uh yeah. you know let's work on this yeah. would you have stuck to your guns and be like no this is the damn record or do you think you'd have backed off then i definitely think it would have been harder for me to to say like this is the record yeah you know but in a way i guess maybe i would have stuck to it because i really part of the whole thing about this new record and and everything about what's going on right now is just like i'm really tired of having to like even listen to other people's opinions honestly oh wow Uh like i'm really over it yeah um on everything or on art on art on my on me on my career and like you know what people think i should be doing or what they think i should be making or you know whatever so actually like i have a new song about that it's called you're wrong (laughs) subtle (laughs) yeah exactly oh that's so great (laughs) yeah um, and so that I assume was just coming from that place of you being yeah. totally f- over it. Yeah. And di- was there something in particular, somebody say something or? Well, people say stuff all the time. Like, you know, people that are close to me even, or like that I've worked with, you know, on like records or like in my band, you know, and mm-hmm. everybody always kind of like putting their opinion on the thing. And, you know, it's like. At some point, I just was like, man, what about what I want? You yeah. know, what about my opinion? And um, sometimes it's people on the Internet, too, mm. you know, like that think that they know you and should be able to tell you, like, what they like or don't like, you know, like um, wear your hair like this or you know what I mean? Like, really? Yeah. 
that sounds pretty sexist. I don't think dudes get that <laughs> very much, probably. Well, I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, people just, people <laughs> will comment, like, on, you know, how a person's looks have changed. You know what I mean? Oh, like, from okay. album to album or whatever, you know, if you're like, well, now I'm dressing like this, and people don't want that. They're like, no, we want you to wear the thing you used to wear, you know, like, if I get on stage without my boots on, like, where are your boots, you know? Weird. Like, That's odd to me. Yeah. I don't think I understand that at all. <laughs> like, I, I can I can totally get, a f I, I totally understand a fan saying, you know, I loved that first record. Yeah. I wish that was still that sound. Yeah. I don't think that's acceptable just because sure. I tend to believe that you should make the record you want to make, yeah. of course, right? Yeah. You're not making it for me. Yeah. You're making it for you, and yeah. that's what matters. Right. But to to make a comment about what you're wearing, yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty far over the line, I think. Yeah, but the internet's like that. I mean, like the comments that people leave are so ridiculous. Like, no one would ever think. Well. I could think of a, maybe one or two people that would say something like that to me in person. Yeah. And they're nuts. Yeah, they're <laughs> probably not a big part of your life. Right. <laughs> like, but, you know, that's the thing about it is, like, people will say stuff that you're like, why would you say that? Yeah. You know? Anyway. Well, okay, so speaking of uh, of that th the way that fans view uh, music and the way they consume art... Um, because when I listen to your records, there's a like stylistically they they're different sounds. I like I hear a different record each time. Mm -hmm. it, you know there isn't, um, which I appreciate a great deal. In fact, the the most recent record, f like there's a, a little more country elements. It feels like that mm -hmm. kind of seep in a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, and I don't know if that if you agree with that or if that was intentional, but that's just m what my ear yeah. picks up. You know, what about this new one? What is that going to sound? Um, stylistically similar at all or are you going a totally different direction it's pretty different mm -hmm. it's really pretty like garage rock mm, fine yeah um, which is something that like you know even like my cousin and some other people close to me have said like you know there's something like missing in the stuff you've already done not that it's not good but like it's missing a part of you oh wow that you know we're not really like seeing here you know, and I think that that is kind of the deal is like that I really love rock and roll. Like awesome. I love, I mean, one of my favorite bands of all time is the MC5. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, that doesn't really come through in anything I've recorded yeah. so far. And so the new record is going to be like that a little bit more. Okay. Um, that is so exciting. Which is, I know. And I think it's interesting, too, because it's like, I'm the most excited about this than I've ever been about anything. So cool. That I've ever done. Like, yeah. I can't stop talking about it and telling people, like, what I'm doing. And yeah. That. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. if you're that fired up about your work, specifically yeah. your art, yeah. that you can't really ask for much more than right. that. <laughs> yeah. That is so fun. Um, yeah. Do you have, like, a timetable for it? No, the yeah. hard part about recording at home is that, you know, I have to be <laughs> home. Yeah, and then yeah. when I'm there, like, you know, I'm not the only person in the house. Yeah. So it's like, it's good when, when I get a block of time there mm -hmm. alone to work. But the other 
issue is we don't have central air conditioning. Mm. We have a loud thing in the wall. Mm. So I'm like, man, I got to finish this record before it gets too <laughs> hot, before we have to turn this air conditioner on. You got like a week. I know. It's already too late. It's been like 95 in Nashville. Oh, my God. It's been like crazy since hot I've been here. Gone. Yeah. I mean, I know it's Florida, but still, yeah. like, May this time of year is not normally. I mean, right now it's 98 degrees yeah. out there. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. So... Um, what are you i would like to ask what the an artist is consuming in terms of uh music mm -hmm. books mm -hmm. films mm -hmm. what's in like what, what are you into right now um i mostly have been listening to a lot of joan jett and mm. also t-rex electric mm. warrior like on repeat mm -hmm. <laughs> um and then uh, I'm trying to think what I've r most recently been reading. I kind of like have a hard time finishing a book and I have like mm. a bunch of books started. Yeah, yeah. But one really awesome book of poetry that I got as a, um, I think it was a birthday gift um, called This is for the Women Who Don't Give a Fuck. Mm. And it's amazing. It was really okay. inspiring to like read some poems and then I would always like write something after I would read amazing it. not necessarily like a song but just yeah. you know writing s like whatever I felt kind of about yeah. what I had just read in a way you know oh, those are the good bits or that like my like response to it you that's know? so beautiful those are yeah. the good bits right yeah. where you get you get a hold of something that's that's so exciting to you that yeah. you're you want to go create something too like yeah it's yeah. amazing yeah Every, people will I'm really fortunate that a lot of folks who listen to the show have been inspired to go and create other things or, or ramp up their creative process as a result of something that one of the guests said or something that we discussed. And like that, those messages are yeah. the coolest messages to get, yeah. you know, totally. like, wow. So this <laughs> whole thing does matter, yeah. <laughs> right? This work that I'm doing, yeah. it, it isn't just for me, right? right? I do it just for me really, but mm -hmm. I'm just trying to learn <laughs> yeah. from all these people. But the fact that it impacts other people is, just really heartwarming, you mm -hmm. know, exciting. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness, I forgot what I was just going to say. I've also been listening to this um, podcast that I just found out about that was my, a friend of mine I went to high school with is part of. Oh, I didn't cool. even really know about it, and we ran into each other in a bar in Nashville, and he was like, oh, yeah, this podcast, it's called This Nashville Life, and... Um, it has all these interesting interviews with people and it's mostly like songwriters. Uh -huh. So you like, the, it's not the people that recorded the song that you know, you know what I mean? Like oh. they did a whole thing about like the song, the house that built me that Miranda Lambert cut. Uh -huh. And, but they like talked about the songwriter and then like how the song got to Miranda, like the pitch part of it. Yeah. And then like what happened after the song came out and like all this behind the scenes like stuff about how interesting yeah it was it's really cool that whole life is interesting to me yeah. i've had uh, verlin thompson on the show and, and verlin did a, did that for many years um and then he toured with guy clark but like in in between he's writing all these songs and people cut you know and uh, jim lauderdale is another example yep. right so um jim has written all these songs for george Strait. Um, and then has this whole, and then puts out an album like every six months, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> um, Travis Meadows for years and years did that, yeah. you know. That whole thing is really fascinating to me. Totally. And, and and the fact that those people are so good at it that they can just sit down and write a song whenever. Yeah. Like Travis talks about it as being like, 
yeah, I could write you a song right now. Like, what do you want me to write a song about? That's how his brain works. That's, That's crazy to I me. Know. <laughs> it is, and then I guess that a lot of that is just doing, getting up and doing the work yep. and yep. continuing to practice and continuing to try to get better. Yeah. But, but that kind of discipline too. Yeah. Is really impressive. Totally. Thank you so much for all of this. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to seeing some songs. Erica Blinn, y'all. Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you all for listening. Go to ericablinn.com for all things Erica. I am stoked for that new record whenever it comes to fruition. She has several wonderful records already available, so check those out if you haven't. And if you have, do it again and again. Y'all, again, thank you so much. You can keep up with the marinade at marinadepodcast.com. We have our feature episodes. We also have website exclusive episodes. We have some of my writing and concert photography. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're pretty responsive over there, especially on Twitter. So don't hesitate to send us a message, either privately or publicly, whatever makes you most comfortable, and just tell us what you think about the show. Just tell us uh, what you want to see on the show. Give us some feedback. It goes a long way and really helps a lot. Give us a rating on your podcast app if you would, please. And follow us wherever you get podcasts. All those things really help us. Tell somebody about the show. That is probably the biggest thing you can do is just spread the word that way. And if you really, really like what we're doing and want to further engage with the show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For just a few bucks a month, you can get Patreon-only content we have our patreon exclusive podcast called jason's journey where i talk about the the moments that have shaped and continue to shape my creative life the next one that's coming up is actually about this episode so it's kind of a behind the scenes of the erica blend episode and it's a really personal uh, conversation about what was going on in my life at the time all right y'all it's time for what i'm getting down on this is the segment where i talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment the books the albums the films the shows whatever it is at the moment that uh that i'm fired up about i just finished this unbelievable book rod picot our our great friend who was uh kind enough to talk to us about his most recent record uh tell the truth and shame the devil on a website exclusive episode told me about a, a book he just finished reading by Taylor Brown. Now, Taylor Brown is, um, is an author that's a contemporary uh, of C.H. Hooks, who is our good friend and who has been on the show, and Caleb Johnson, who we are definitely going to get on the show one of these days when Caleb and I can get in the same spot. Um, so I've heard a lot about his work. And the way Rod talked about it, and Rod is one of the great songwriters of a generation. I mean, this is an, and his book of short stories, Out Past the Wires, is outstanding. This is an incredible writer. So when someone like that speaks and heaps superlatives on a book, I pay attention. Gods of Howl Mountain is the name of Taylor Brown's book, and y'all, it is breathtaking. The way that he sets the scene, the investment that he elicits in the characters from the reader, Everything about this book had me hooked from the beginning. Um, 
I tend to read kind of slowly, especially because I tend to dive deep into language and see what nuggets I can pull out for my own my own process. This is a book where I was totally lost. I wasn't thinking about it. I, I was just in it. I was in that world completely. Um, and I don't say that to say that I, I'm not that way about other books. I just mean that this one completely consumed me. It's just, I mean, hats off to Taylor Brown and, um, and, and cheers to him. I mean, just go read the book. I, I'm going to read everything else that he's done too. Um, and he's got a new one coming out pretty soon as well. Um, the, the two films I watched back to back, so my partner in life, Chris, uh, and I get a few nights off a week where we can sit down and watch something, right? Um, usually it's like two nights a week, to be perfectly honest. So uh, the two nights in a row, we had some time off together, and we were kind of on a, a spooky movie kick. So we watched Us. I had not seen it yet. She had finally got to see Jordan Peele's Us, and it completely blew my mind outstanding if you've been waiting on that one go see it uh and the other one is we need to talk about kevin we need to talk about kevin came out in 2011 heartbreaking story uh based on a book and outstanding uh just gripping from the from the beginning uh heart-wrenching Tilda Swinton's in it, John C. Riley, uh, incredibly well done. The list of names goes on and on, and people that are involved in producing and so forth. This film uh, definitely heavyweights and uh, definitely worth your time. What have, what have I been listening to? Joe Pug's "The Flood in Color." I mean, I wish this guy would put out a record every year. Uh, I think we all do, but he, this one is his best work, I think. Um, and uh, Timothy Showalter. Of Strand of Oaks did a really cool interview of Joe about the record on um, on Joe's podcast, The Working Songwriter, which I recommend you checking out as well. The other podcast that I was listening to uh, recently is I'm, I'm if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm, I'm a Tool fan, and their new album's coming out, so I'm stoked for that. And I I don't usually, quite honestly, I'm not throwing shade or anything. I just don't listen to Joe Rogan. It's not my thing, uh, but. Maynard James Keenan was on Joe Rogan's podcast and it's worth your time. I mean, those guys are both really, really smart and it's a really interesting conversation as well. I've also been devouring Cat Clyde's record Hunter's Trance, which I've mentioned in this segment before, but I got to sit down with her in Toronto and talk and record an episode, a feature episode of the marinade and just you know, the connection that you feel when you get to know somebody and you find out that they're incredibly cool and very interesting and a, and a sweet person too, that art just takes on a different dimension for me. Um, Kat was amazing and I cannot wait for y'all to hear this conversation that I, record, that I recorded with her. And In the meantime, I highly recommend that you go and listen to this album, Hunter's Trance. It's outstanding and uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Y'all, thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.